You're listening to the Q's Podcast, episode 59. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. You're choosing the Q's Podcast, where we speak with credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. I'm your host, James Lenz, Q's Professional Development Manager. In this podcast episode, we'll focus on an alternative investment called Business-Owned Life Insurance, or BOLI. Our guest for today is Fred Palmer, an executive benefits specialist with Q Solutions Platinum Provider, CUNA Mutual Group, based in Madison, Wisconsin. Some key takeaways from this show include a foundational understanding of BOLI, or business-owned life insurance, and how it can work as an investment, an understanding of what kind of earnings can be gained from BOLI, and an understanding of how credit union asset size may play a role in implementation of BOLI as an investment. Let's jump right into the conversation as Lisa Holgraf, Q's Senior Editor, and I discuss this alternative investment with a very special guest. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us on the Q's Podcast once again. You may recall a couple episodes ago, it was episode 57. It was about building reputation and business and interview with Lisa Holgraf. Lisa is our Q senior editor. And guess what? She is joining us today. She is co-hosting the show. Glad to have you on the show, Lisa. It's a pleasure, James. Now, our guest today is Fred Palmer, an executive benefits specialist with Q Solutions Platinum Provider, CUNA Mutual Group, based in Madison, Wisconsin. Fred knows a lot about business-owned life insurance and how this kind of policy can be effective as non-interest income for credit unions. Fred, thank you so much for joining Lisa and I in the Q's podcast. James and Lisa, it's great to be here. Thank you. To get started, Fred. Would you tell us a little bit about what you do day-to-day as an executive benefits specialist? You know, I feel like I have one of the best uh, jobs in the world. I get to spend my day helping credit unions enhance their earnings through the use of alternative investments, such as business-owned life insurance and variable investments. You know, but for me, it's it's what credit unions are able to do with this additional earnings that I find exciting and directly ties to my role as an executive benefits specialist, you know, such as you know, working with boards, credit union boards to help them retain and reward their key executives through the use of non-qualified SERPs and retention plans, and also helping them develop programs to use their additional income to help offset employee benefit expenses. You know, as as we know, employee benefit expenses are now over 50% of the expenses for credit unions. So that's really a key area. And more recently, we're helping credit unions use alternative income to enhance their charitable giving. You know, it gets down to, you know, build your community and you build your credit union. So as you can see, alternative investments is really key to everything that I do. These programs wouldn't be available for credit unions if they weren't able to generate additional income with alternative investments. I appreciate the response, Fred. Now, let's talk about the basics of business-owned life insurance or BOLI. What is it exactly? Well, let's. Let's start with some history of where BOLI comes from. And really, we have to give the banking industry its due because that's where banking, uh, that's where BOLI came from. It's known as bank-owned life insurance. You see, you hear a lot of different names for the same thing. You're going to hear, uh, we like to use business-owned life insurance because we don't like to use the B word. 
Uh, you'll hear QOLI, credit union-owned life insurance. You'll hear corporate-owned life insurance. All of these products are basically the same thing, institutional BOLI. You know, banks have been using BOLI since the early 80s, but it really didn't take off until the OCC uh, started allowing banks to use income from BOLI as a general cost offset for employee benefit expenses. That happened in 2000. And today, close to 80% of the banks own BOLI. And at the end of 1231 of last year, they had over $160 billion in outstanding. The NCUA followed with 701.19 in 2003, which allows credit unions to purchase BOLI and other alternative investments as a general cost offset to employee benefits. As of 1231 last year, credit unions held about 16 billion alternative investments. Now let's talk about what really uh, BOLI is and contrast it to insurance that we buy personally. You know, when we buy insurance, we're looking for family protection. So we're looking for policies that have the highest death benefit for the lowest premium. BOLI, on the other hand, is institutional life insurance that's built to build cash value, not death benefit. And in fact, it's built just the opposite of the retail insurance. With institutional BOLI, there are no loads, fees, or expenses that come out of the initial premium, and the credit union will book an asset called cash value life insurance. The carrier will give you a crediting rate that's typically adjusted annually. So the cost of insurance is a drag on return. And again, the goal is to maximize income. So the policies are designed to minimize the pure insurance. Credit unions will typically choose a group of key executives to put the place of the insurance on. So it provides key person insurance. In some cases, a credit union may also endorse over a portion of the definite to the insured executive as a benefit. So that sounds like the insurance part of this. I understand that BOLI is also an investment, and you've been touching on that too. How more specifically does BOLI work as an investment? The type of BOLI that credit unions usually purchase is known as general account BOLI. The insurance places a premium in a general account, which is invested in government securities, high-quality corporate bonds, commercial mortgages, and to a small extent, equities. The carrier looks at their uh, investment yield in their general account, and then on an annual basis, typically, they will give the credit unions a gross crediting rate based on the actual return in that general account. Now, think of it this way. They make spread income just like a credit union does. So a credit union takes in deposits, and um, they make investments or loans. We make spread income in the credit, with the credit unions and then give the members a rate of return on their share accounts and other type of account. Carriers, insurance carriers do the same thing. They take the premium is really their source of funds. It, it's invested in the general account. Uh, they take out their expenses and then they take a spread and give you a gross crediting rate. Now, where you, where you pick up additional yield from a carrier is the fact that you know, the carriers know what their mortality risk is. They have, they have long-term funding for their funds. And so they're investing further out in the yield curve than a credit union can. That gives a huge rate advantage. You know, where credit unions are investing three to five years out in the yield curve, insurance carriers are typically six to 12 years out on the yield curve. And where a credit union may be yielding in the mid-ones today, Insurance carriers are yielding in the mid-fours in their general account. All right. So that helps us understand a little bit more about how BOLI works as an investment. 
Now, what sort of earnings can be predicted for a credit union that invests in Boley? Well, currently, Boley is yielding in excess of 3% today. They may have a gross crediting rate around three and a quarter, but the net rate's around 310 to 315. And over time, this compares very favorably to the 10-year treasury yield. You know, again, since they have longer term funds and they can invest further out in the yield curve, that's why their yield is comparable to the 10-year treasury. In essence, a credit union is receiving a yield based on the 10-year duration in their general account that adjusts annually. And since it can be surrendered at any time at cash value, the effective duration of BOLI is zero from an ALM perspective, and there's no mark-to-market. The insurance carrier is taking all of the interest rate risk. Now, one thing that's important to monitor with this is the credit risk of your carrier. And also, you need to validate over time that your carrier is giving you a market rate of interest. Fred, how does BOLI compare to other income sources a credit union could have? That's a good question. You know, from a risk perspective, purchasing BOLI is like loaning money to a highly rated insurance company on a demand basis. So let's compare this to building and maintaining an auto loan portfolio, which, of course, is the bread and butter of what the type of lending that most credit unions do. So, for instance, let's say you wanted to build a million-dollar auto loan portfolio, and to make it easy with the math, let's say the average loan size is 20000 So it takes 50 loans to build your portfolio. Unfortunately, this is just the beginning of your work to maintain that portfolio. You know, immediately, beginning in month two, your members start paying down on their loans. They make their payments. So the loan starts amortizing. And then over time, maybe a year or two in or three years in, some of the customers decide, hey, it's time to trade my car. And when they do, they pay the loan off. So even though you made a 60-month loan or 72-month loan, uh, you probably have a, an average duration in that portfolio of only 30 months. So let's assume that you have an average duration then of around 30 months. That means in 30 months, if you do nothing, your portfolio goes down to zero. So you don't want that to happen. The credit unions just continue making loans. So they have to make another 50 loans in 30 months just to maintain the million-dollar portfolio. And then in, in another 30 months, they have to make another 30 loans. So in just five years, credit union has made 150 loans to maintain the million-dollar portfolio. So let's compare that lending treadmill to making $1 million loan to a highly rated insurance carrier that never has to be replaced and the rate resets on an annual basis and has a higher yield on than grade A paper uh, that the credit union currently makes. So really the question is, do you ever want a good loan to pay off? In this current environment where credit unions are looking for non-interest income sources, Boley sounds like it has a lot of potential. Are there any cases in which a credit union should avoid investing in Boley? And are these policies good for any size credit union? Since Boley is booked as another asset, the income from Boley is booked as other income. So it runs through the income statements fee income, which helps with the efficiency ratio. You know, some ask if Boley is a good choice today in a rising interest rate environment. After all, you could go out and buy a five or 10-year treasury with a similar yield to Boley. But the real advantage to Boley is there's no investment risk. So if you do go out and buy a 5- or 10-year treasury and rates move up 1%, you're underwater with your treasury investment 
uh, in just a year period. While Boley is still worth 100 cents on the dollar. You can do interest rate shock tests all day long and you always come back to 100 cents on the dollar with Boley. There is a limitation, a capacity limitation with Boley for larger credit unions. It's hard to place more than about $20 million with one uh, credit union for Boley. So what that means, if you do the math with the 25% limitation on 701.19 investments, credit unions over a billion dollars, if they want to fully utilize 9703 investments, will have to complement their Boley purchases with variable investments. You know, the question of investment choice between investing in managed money portfolio or BOLI usually comes down to risk versus return. If you're willing to take the investment in interest rate risk and mark-to-market risk for potentially higher return, then you may prefer a managed account. If, however, you prefer a guaranteed return with no interest rate risk and a return that's comparable to a 10-year treasury, then BOLI might be the right choice for your credit union. Fred, thanks so much for providing a framework of understanding for Bully. I think it'll provide a great resource for our listeners. Now, before we go, Fred, if listeners want to connect with you, what is the best way to do that? Oh, perfect. Well, you can always reach me directly. My direct phone number is 608-665-6528. You can also reach me via email, fred.palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R, at cunamutual.com. And Fred, I understand that there is an article online at CUNY Mutual's website about Boley that listeners could refer to if they'd like to read more. Yeah, so that address is cunamutual.com slash Boley, B-O-L-I. Super. Lisa, thank you so much for serving as co-host for today. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Thanks, James. And Fred, thank you so much for serving as a wonderful resource for our listeners today. Thank Thank you you. for inviting me. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast from Q's. We also want to thank you to Mutual Group for being a longtime supporter of Q's. If you would like to know more about how CUNA Mutual Group can help you and your organization, please visit Q's.org slash CMG. For more talent development content from Q's, visit Q's.org. That is C-U-E-S dot O-R-G now. If you're a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development. Visit Q's.org slash membership to learn more. Q's is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate developed credit union CEOs, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Q's can help you realize your potential, visit Q's.org today.